0: This is The Office Manager Diaries, a podcast all about the highs and the lows of professionals in office management around the world. We'll delve into their career journeys and diaries where they'll share their stories, tips for success and things only office managers understand. Enjoy and please remember to give us a follow.
1: Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for the next episode of the Office Manager Diaries. It's my pleasure to welcome our next guest, Alison Dunnings, who is the Workplace Experience Manager at Tails.com. Alison, welcome and thank you so much for being on the Office Manager Diaries podcast.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to have a good chat and very thrilled to be invited.
1: Pleasure. Thank you for coming on. And we've had a fair bit of interaction over the last few months. I think we first met in person at the office management show. And you did a session for us to some of the members as well, sharing your experience at Tales.com and your dog policy or your pets in the office (laughs) policy. So we have had a fair bit of interaction, but what I love and what I'm starting to love about this podcast is that I'm getting to know all of these connections that I have in the office manager world so much better. And I can't wait to hear more about you and your story and your career so far all right (laughs) hope I won't disappoint (laughs) I'm sure you won't I'm sure you won't we we all have colorful backgrounds in these roles for sure so absolutely so firstly could you tell us a little bit about you and your role at Tails.com? how long you've been in the world of office management for and how did you get into it initially
2: yeah um so I have been in my current spot with tails.com for just over three years now so started at the very end of 2019, and you can imagine the timing, got thrown into the wild world of how to manage an office when nobody's in it. Um after that. But yeah, I've been I started as office manager. My role has kind of expanded to kind of a cultural kind of um thing as well. So we've that's where the the new role title of workplace experience manager came from. And yeah, I I love very much being at Tails.com. Office management, I'd say technically. I've only been in it maybe five, six years, so just this role and the role previous, um, and I kind of stumbled into the world of office management um, completely by chance. So my early background was actually working in music and events, um, and I was a musician back in Canada, if you're trying to wonder, uh, figure out where this accent is from. What did you play, if you don't mind me interrupting you there for a second? Yeah, no, um, I was actually a singer yeah nothing crazy you know i don't have any albums under my belt or anything but um had a lot of fun with that and and i also worked in um kind of event management in in music so different um shows and festivals um back in toronto so kind of started there and then on and off during that um uh, hospitality so i think i would imagine that'll come up a lot as as some people's kind of background because it, it kind of fits the personality type just being around people taking care of people so always on and off throughout the years, I've been waitressing, bartending, um, and that sort of thing. So those kind of skill sets led to where I am now. When I first moved to London almost eight years ago now, I first worked at a music venue, Scala in King's Cross. So I was their box office manager. So that's sort of an office management role. So I was there during the Take day. It. Yeah, doing <laughs> the admin, selling tickets, getting all the, you know, events up on the website and and taking care of the place in the daytime. So did that for a bit, and then just kind of stumbled into my next role, which was uh, managing a co-working space. And so that was kind of the first more official office environment um, that I was in. So I did that for a few years here in London. And then the LinkedIn tails.com popped up. I was already a customer, I'm dog crazy. It seemed like a no brainer. It's like, oh, they want me to manage one office for one company when I've been managing a co-working space with like 900 members easy, I can do it in my sleep. Um, So that's led us to where we are now. Amazing.
1: And at the co-working space, were you also responsible for selling and making sure those
2: offices were full or was there a salesperson there? Thankfully not, because sales is absolutely not my strong suit. So there, there was a sales team. I was just the person once they took the office to welcome them to the fold, you know, make sure their office was set up as they needed, you know, create different events and opportunities for different companies to meet and engage and make sure the space, um, you know, was suited for purpose. So, so yeah, thankfully no sales. That would have been my nightmare.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was talking to some people on the training course that we run, I think, yesterday, and we talk about the career kind of trajectory in this this sector and in this profession. And one of the places I said that you could move to if you have an interest in sales is in these co-working spaces, because in some of the smaller ones, it is a hybrid of selling and making sure that they have desks and offices filled and yeah. then looking after the space. So, yes, yeah, so I wondered if you had the sales element there and what you thought of it, if so. But it <laughs> yeah, doesn't sound like that was something for you anyway. So <laughs> yeah. uh, expand on it for us, if you can, the role at towels.com that you're doing now, please.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is a hard one, and I, I probably should have like written a script down for myself before coming on, but we're winging it. Um, when people ask me what my job entails, I really struggle to answer it. I run the sort of day-to-day operations of our head office, which is our Richmond-based office, where most of the staff are located. It's got about a 140-person capacity in that space, but we're hot-desking and hybrid working now, so that's a whole thing. Gosh, what I do, procuring... Different software, so desk booking software, managing that, making sure that's functional, making sure people know how to use it. Obviously, you know, managing cleaning contracts, any contractor works, um, anything like that, health and safety compliance. And then, I mean, there's so many things we could be here all hour just talking about the many, many things I do. Um, And then the bit that I love most is the events. Um, and engagement opportunities. So not only planning, you know, the usual Christmas party, summer summer party, the kind of standard office fair, but um, all sorts of little kind of surprise and delight moments as we call them. And I'm really passionate about finding fun ways to engage people and, and to have coming into the office or working for this company be something they really, really enjoy and finding ways to connect people with others outside of their team like that's the sort of thing and i think my hospitality background and just like love of people and love of chat um, really kind of lends itself um and that's kind of because i've been so strong and so passionate about that side that's where it kind of went from office manager very kind of facilities functional role to workplace experience because there's so much more to it than just you know, making sure the walls are still standing and the roof isn't leaking, and there's a desk and a floor and a chair. It's about so much more than that, and that's kind of what excites me about it. But yeah, it's it's a lot. It's it's so reactive, you know. I'm sure it's like every day is a bit different, which is also why I love it. One day I could be rewriting a dog policy, which I'm sure will come up again at some point. The next day it's you know making sure the fire extinguishers are checked. And and it's interesting because I often find that particularly
1: now in this kind of post-pandemic world that we're all living in as office managers, you know, the experience element in terms of your title and role is, is very key because we do have to create that environment for them to experience in order to do their job and earn money for the company or do whatever the company needs to do. But we're also very much having to be innovators and creators within the role to come up with ideas, like you said, to invent new events or ways of getting people back in ways of celebrating different marked anniversaries or whatever it might be in the calendar and it seems like you enjoy that element of
2: your role as well very much I think that's my favorite part of the role because it's it's a it's a bit of fun and it's a bit of me and it's yeah I'm good at it I guess.
1: (laughs) and I suppose coming from a musical background you know that is a creative Freaking you, for sure, because you oh, yeah. have to be in the creative sector or, or zone I suppose to be able to do those kind of things. so um, so it's it's hitting a lot of the the notes for you to use a little pun there,
2: yeah um, <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and having a history as a performer doesn't doesn't hurt when you're communicating with the entire company. As you said, you know, uh, actually I think it was before we started recording, but everybody knows who you are when you're the office manager, so I'll have people come in for their first day in the office. And I do generally know who they are because I'm part of the onboarding process. But they'll be like, "Oh, hey, Allison," and I'm like, "I don't, I haven't met you before, but you know who I am because a, I never shut up, and you know, I, I, I host company meetings and I host the events and I'm always on Slack trying to like be the cheerleader. So it is, it is funny. So having a bit of a, a uh, basically not camera shy, not not shy to, to get up and have a chat or be the cheerleader that somebody needs in the moment.
0: Both
1: it, it, set the boundaries yes that's your boundaries <laughs> on crack that whip and get some respect going because uh, yeah
2: you can't no. be a wallflower I don't think in this role no, no. no I would agree <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know you do you are you do have to put yourself out there right and and it does take a certain degree of confidence to be able to do that so mm. um yeah I would agree that it that it helps because you are fully exposed to everybody in that organization
2: and yeah. they're kind of
1: looking to you right at all times to, to almost inspire the behavior and the um, atmosphere I suppose on certain days like I was talking to to a previous guest and you you may hear that she talks about how difficult it is when she had a a personal issue Mm. and how difficult it was for her to be able to show that in the office and actually be somewhat emotional and vulnerable during that period of time because there was almost this expectation on her to maintain, hey, we're, you know, we're happy and we're rocking people and we're cracking yeah. on. And it's it's very difficult to promote well-being and mental health and culture and things, but not to almost feel like you can be true to it yourself because it can impact everyone because you're, you're so visible. So.
2: Absolutely. I think it's something and that just, I yeah. came to understand a bit more in the past year or so, just about my kind of significance in the company. Because when you think about like a, a company structure, the office manager mm. isn't we're not in the C-suite, we're not the top of the food chain. However, we're some of the strongest influencers in a business. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I literally was having drinks with some colleagues after an event once. And, and this lovely colleague who I absolutely adore made some comments. I I mentioned my boss and she was like, wait, you have a boss. I just thought like you and the CEO ran the company. Like
1: like, you just run it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, so it was just kind of a a moment where I realized like the, the power and the influence um, that is there and and that's like exciting but also as you said it can be really challenging because that puts you out there in front of a bunch of people and if you're having a bad day or a good day or an off day or a weird day everyone sees it everyone expects a certain something from you so it is interesting to be as far of a chain of seniority goes not actually that senior in the business but still one of the biggest kind of influencers in the company um, and the culture so It's really interesting. It really is. There's so much these roles, which is why I I love
1: getting you guys on and having a chat and just delving a bit deeper into into your world. So we've talked a little bit there just to finish off on perhaps what we might consider to be a challenge um, in these roles. So what would you say for you is the most challenging aspect of your role, either as a surmise in terms of office management or perhaps something that's really challenging at the moment for you?
2: Yeah, I think there's probably two. One that we've just touched on but to uh, basically similar to your your previous guest, I think when you have that much influence and when you are that visible, it's hard when you're having a bad day or going through a hard time or having a mental health moment, which I've had and continue to have. Um I'm human. There is it's hard. It's like you feel like you can't have an off day and you have to put on the shiny happy face and sometimes that can feel really difficult um so i think Mm. that is one of the biggest challenges is is there's a certain expectation of you always to be a certain way and sometimes you have a bad day and sometimes as much as i love people i don't want to talk to anyone but i have to do you know what i mean like i can't put my headphones on at the office Mm. i'm i can't you know i can't have Mm. focused time and shut myself away so that can feel really difficult and really challenging some days it's it's what i love most about the role but some days it can be really really hard and then I think the other challenge on a less kind of like emotional side of things is honestly just staying organized and organizing yourself in a role where the KPIs aren't necessarily super obvious and there's so much reactivity. So you can plan, you can be like the best planner in the world, and I am absolutely not, but you could be the most organized, like I'm going to organize my day down to the minute, I'm going to block everything in my diary, I'm going to do this, 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 and this today. and Suddenly the sink springs a leak and that's all out the window. You just have to have to run. And and that sort of stuff happens so commonly in this type of a role where someone in a, a different role that's not necessarily facing customers or, you know, facing the whole company as a whole, they can kind of put their head down, plan their days, organize their time, hit really specific targets. But it, it, for us, sometimes it's it's not that obvious and it can change in an instant and, and completely I mean, look at COVID. <laughs> that threw everything we all knew as our role completely out the window, and we had to, you know, work in this unprecedented time to create a completely different way of working. So, I think that's the thing you, you know, best laid plans, as they say. Like you can try, but you can never really know what's going to happen day to day, and that can be a real challenge as well. Sure.
1: how do you find you overcome and cope with that? Because distractions in these roles are really high, right? So you can Easily procrastinate, you can easily get disrupted. You already have this huge range of responsibility from managing a budget and procurement, like you've mentioned, to then dealing with facilities and leaky toilets, to then someone coming to you if you've got any element of HR or cultural well being, crying for support, if you have line management duties. It's just so broad. So, how do you cope with trying to stay organized? and dealing with something that's an incredibly reactive role, no matter how much you try and be proactive?
2: I mean, I wish I had a beautiful answer for that, that would solve this problem for us all. But (laughs) how do I cope? Not, I don't always cope. I'm not going to lie. That's reality. That is reality. It is what it is. Some days it's just going to happen and you are completely out of control and you don't know what's coming next and you just have to react in the moment. Luckily, I do tend to thrive in that sort of a chaotic environment. Um, I'm a problem solver, so I, I'm quick to think on my feet and, and figure things out and reschedule. Um, but I think you can only do so much, you can only do what you can do. And I say this to my office assistant all the time, like you are one human being, all you can do is your best
1: can hear some passion already coming through and coming across about this role and I don't think this role is like you say for sort of the wallflowers and the faint-hearted and if you don't have that passion I don't think it is you're not going to survive in it right so what are you passionate about within this remit within this profession and what gets you up in the morning people
2: <laughs> it's people it's I'm I'm lucky I think I love the people that I work with in my company I consider a lot of them like very close friends so I get excited to literally just go into the workplace and see my friends and that's maybe not everyone's experience I'm very very lucky that I work with such amazing people so that's just fun but I just love like nothing makes me happier than making someone else's day I'm very much like a people person so being able to do something like silly and small even if it's like oh we're having cakes on Wednesdays a funny slack poll that gets people talking and laughing or picking a a fun playlist to put on the the office music system just like anything I can do to make work fun that's what I'm really passionate about is finding any and every way to to make it a fun time. Like it shouldn't be go to work and head down for eight hours and then go home and live your life. Like you should. You're spending most of your life in an office or at your workplace. So, you know, why not make it a bit of fun? So I think that's I mean, that's a pretty broad thing, but that's what I'm most passionate about. That's what gets me into the office is is just having fun and, and you know, making sure other people do as well.
1: I love that I I would think that's true and I can see the passion there as well so every
2: time we have a guest on we like
1: to you know this is the office manager diary so we want to delve into your diary and some of your true stories about your time in this career or as we call it a you won't believe it but so I'd love to hear what your story or stories are around that that subject
2: it's when you told me you were going to ask me this I've been having a panic attack from the jump because I don't, I don't have like one, you know, one story that you pull out at a party and say, can you believe this happened? I think if you've not been an office manager before, you would find a lot of the things that come across our desk or our inbox shocking, or sometimes even just people's behaviors. Like, um, I've got to be careful what I say because my colleagues might listen to this.
1: This is a challenge.
2: But there, you know, I, sometimes I do like to say that It being in this role is basically being a babysitter to a bunch of grown children, because some of some of the things even just, you know, taking a bagel and ripping it in half with your bare hands and then putting the other half back in the bagel bag for everyone else. Like, you know, and I know that's not like crazy shocking, but you your face shows that it is. It's just some things where you just look at it and you're like, but how do you behave in your home? (laughs) like how how does this how how are you in your 20s or 30s and clearly you have a career and you know sometimes there's these scratch your head moments that like you just can't understand or you know the very standard you know there's a dishwasher directly under the sink but there's a coffee cup in the sink I mean that is a daily occurrence that you just are kind of no matter how many signs you put up no matter how many you know silly remarks you make um, about it it happens every day and you just shake your head I think for me and I can't think of anything specific so it's not really juicy but I think for my specific role a lot of people are like what is your job exactly because for example one of our social media people she's based in Wales so she's remote so when she's trying to create content she can't always you know She's not in the office to to take a, a picture or a video. So I <laughs> love to volunteer for that. So um, I threw a piece of cheese at a colleague's face for a TikTok once. Um,
1: send me this TikTok, please.
2: Oh, I absolutely will. I think it's actually my most watched TikTok. I, I am not surprised because yeah. it's
1: completely freaking random.
2: Yeah. And I mean, the in the video, it, it's meant to seem like the, a dog has thrown a piece of cheese at, at my beloved colleague, Louie, who is a great, great sport and has on numerous occasions fallen victim to social media pranks. But yeah, I literally was asked to do that. Um, the other day I had to film people walking their dogs through a doorway and I had to collect a bunch of people. Can you please come and stand on either side of this doorway and clap? <laughs> that was a part of my day. So a lot of this stuff that people are just like, what is your job exactly it does revolve around the office dog culture that we have, which is obviously very specific to our company. We're a pet food company. We have dogs in the office. I've had to rewrite a dog policy. You know this because I've done a session on it um, for for you before. But people are like there's a dog policy I'm like, yes, and there's a trial. There's a one month trial period and there's all of these rules and regulations if you want to bring your dog into the office and somebody had to write that down and somebody has to be the boss of that. That's me. That's a strange
1: thing as well. The life of an office manager—it's literally any and everything.
2: It is bizarre
1: it. and normal <laughs> and completely absurd because absolutely, I have never thrown cheese at someone's head, so that is a new one.
2: I really it recommend is- you try it at least once. Yeah, Did it made kind of—I'm like
1: thinking it went on his forehead and made the like noise it, of like cheese. It went cheese. on his
2: cheek, and it was yes, it was like a processed cheese slice, so it had a very satisfying like thwack. Um, moment and uh, we had to do several takes which was just a great fun for me <laughs> we have, everyone like check out tails.com t- on tiktok and you'll see what yeah. what i'm talking about
1: <laughs> and everybody's typing tiktok now so okay thank you for that and um, and this is why i asked the question because you just never know what's gonna what the what's gonna come up so <laughs> Tell me now about some of your wins and successes. What are your proudest moments in your office management career?
2: Ooh, um, it's so tricky. I wonder if you find this because everything is so reactive and like everything is different. Do you ever find, I think we've actually spoken about this uh, um, maybe in a panel that you did at a show once, but just like sometimes I forget everything I've done by the end of the week. I don't even remember what I did on Monday. So that is a tricky one. I feel like it's all going to be at Tails.com because I have just had the best three years working here and we've made some great changes. I'm working on a big project right now that I can't talk about. So I'm really proud of that, but I'm really proud of the events that I throw, I think. And I know I keep coming back to that because obviously it's it's part of my history and it's something that I I have so much fun with and I think I'm particularly good at. So every time I've thrown an event, I know the first Christmas party that I threw in 2019 was the first party I'd thrown for the company. And everyone, or many people, including the CEO, said it was the greatest party the company had ever had in its six years at that point. So that was a pretty proud moment. And then now it's like the pressure's on to always try to keep up that standard or top it. And so far, so good. But I think probably, actually, the thing I'm proudest about is managing the last two and a half, three years of suddenly everyone's home from the office. We think it's for a couple weeks. We have no idea what's going on and being able to figure that out from a facilities perspective, but also like it was a really challenging time to keep people engaged and connected. We were all, you know, going through the absolute chaos of being locked in our houses and in varying, you know, some people maybe loved it. Some people probably were really lonely or having a hard time. People were joining the company and had never met anyone face to face. So I think I'm really proud of the amount of engagement we managed to get through that time be it digital events, digital water cooler moments, even just little Slack activities, like show us a picture of the coffee mug you're drinking of this morning. Just ways to get people like connecting, talking about things that weren't work, feeling engaged, having opportunities to, to speak to one another. We created um this thing we call the the bagel bot. I didn't create it, obviously our software engineers created the actual bot, but the idea was that it gives people the opportunity to basically be randomly matched paired with one another. And I know there are apps out there that do this anyway, but we kind of created our own internal one in Slack so you could join this channel. It was completely up to you. Like a
1: Tinder for business.
2: Uh yeah, a little bit. No, because you don't get to choose and swipe nowhere yes. That would be very cutthroat and terrifying. Um but you basically get randomly paired with someone. So almost like speed dating in a way. Yeah, every every two weeks on a Wednesday morning if you're in this channel, we trigger the bot and you get randomly paired with someone. So you suddenly get a direct message with someone with a, an icebreaker question. And you know, our CEO was in that channel and lots of different people were in that channel. And sometimes, especially because at that time you weren't in the office, you're not running into anyone and saying, oh, I like your t-shirt, like let's chat. So you have no way of knowing who in the company might have a common interest to you or or just having those organic moments of interacting with other people. And so to be able to find a way to create that virtually was really challenging, but I'm really proud. I think we did a lot. And I even at the time, before covid um, our customer experience teams so our cx team were kind of in their own wing in the office because obviously they're on the phones a lot and they don't you know they only are able to get off the phone to take their break at a specific time so they had a lot less interaction with people as a whole so there was this sort of unintentional and we were aware of it and we didn't like it but there was a sort of unattent- unintentional us and them kind of moment that just happened in the way that the work was set up in that time and i remember having someone probably sometime within the first year of covid just direct message me on slack and say i actually feel like more engaged and more a part of this company now that we're all at home like we're it was just like a, a leveler and there has been opportunities for me to meet people i never even would have met when i was actually in the same physical space as them and that feedback from you is some of the best feedback like that made my heart really really happy that because mm. i knew there was this divide and i was so conscious of it, it and a physical
1: and, barrier and because you went online everybody had that barrier they were all in the same boat right so that's really exactly. interesting and yeah. since coming back have you made steps to kind of try and remove that physical barrier hundred uh,
2: percent i mean unfortunately a lot of the cx work from home i think just because they are on the phones it does make it a little bit easier but when they come in there are desks that are kind of set up with their specific kit but they're no longer relegated to another space in the office so so we Wing. really removed that I think um, yeah. and also now everyone's on calls at their desks half of the day so mm-hmm. it, it really kind of naturally has taken away that othering so I'm happy to say yeah but I'm, I'm still always aware of you know people naturally sort of silo themselves and my kind of another thing I'm passionate about I guess you could say is breaking those apart getting people mixing and and connecting with each other and and finding you know shared interests and and making friends so I think I'm really proud of of the stuff that I've done to make that true um, in our culture at tales.com
1: share with me now if you can please you know there's some wins and successes there so the highs any more highs to share but also perhaps some of the lows that you've experienced
2: in this role oh yeah Oh, I suppose a, a very easy high was we do a, an award every year at Christmas time we do what we call the golden scoops, scooping our custom dog scoop. Sure. So yeah, at Tails.com you get this plastic scoop that you tailor to the size that we give you. Anyway, so they're the golden scoop awards. We have literally spray painted gold <laughs> plastic scoops as the trophies. Um and they're they're based on our values. So there's, you know, four awards each year for all of our company values. And in 2020. Um, which was my first full year and our first basically fully remote year, I did win for Team Spirited. So I think that that shows that all of that work that I'm talking about was actually acknowledged and noticed. And and I, I was really, really proud to get that because that's a value I cherish most of our company values. So that was a massive success. I think Lowe's, there's not a lot. And I I know that sounds like it can't possibly be true. There was a challenging time where I was under resourced. So there was an office assistant working kind of alongside me, and she unfortunately got pretty bad long COVID symptoms. So she, by no fault of her own, was unable to do a lot of her job and a lot of the things that were part of her role. And so I, as a team player, and and because I was the closest in that role, would pick up a lot of that. But at the time, because that we didn't know how long that would last, we didn't know, you know, if her health would improve, we and we didn't have like, anything in the sort of budget to hire a new person, right? So there was a time where I just couldn't keep up and I was really, really struggling. And just things like bringing in the groceries, which was the office assistant's job, but like bringing the groceries and stocking the kitchen, which is such a pretty basic day-to-day task. And sometimes I actually really enjoy it because it just kind of, is like very mindless, head down, busy work, but I had so much to do. And I would just, almost break down in tears when I heard that the waitress was had arrived you know which seems so silly once but in the context of where I was mentally in that time and I you know no fault of anyone's in the business it was no no one's lack of support or or oversight um but I just couldn't do it all and I was really 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 struggling so that was probably the lowest time for me and like I said I'm really glad to say we ended up you know fighting for and getting the resource that we needed and we're in such a much better place now and I suddenly have all this beautiful space um and I love to help bring in the groceries from time to time now because I don't have <laughs> to do it <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I volunteer exactly I choose to do it sometimes when now I don't and have I quite to enjoy when it. I can choose yeah, but I think that for yeah. me was a hard time and it was you know no one's fault in particular is just I'm sure you know like there are times where there's nobody else to do it and you just have to do it so much
1: is out of your control right mm-hmm. and people We can't control people. We can't control a lot of the assets and things in the office. So a lot is out of our control in in this role. So thank you for sharing. Okay, we've looked at your successes and your wins. We've looked at some of the lows. We've looked at what you're passionate about. Share for me now, if you can, some advice that you would give to the listeners on what successful office management looks like for you and how you make sure you're achieving that for, for you, for your business.
2: (laughs) Oh goodness, that target is forever moving, isn't it? What advice would I give? Just remember, you can only do so many things in a day. Give yourself space, give yourself grace and kindness because you want to do everything. I think it's in our nature in this type of role. You want to support everyone. you want to fix everyone's problems. You want to make sure that everything is perfect. and And I know for me, um, and I'm sure for others in the same role, because it's that personality type, when you can't, you can be really hard on yourself and get really down on yourself. I'm lucky that you know i'm I'm really appreciated in my role and and people do show that. Um, but I know that's not always the case, and it hasn't always been the case in previous jobs where people don't even notice what you do <laughs> or you feel like completely underappreciated. And I think that's one of the the tricky things to wrap your head around in this role. But it's almost a plus if they don't realize if you are really crushing it, nobody notices anything because everything is seamless and easy and perfect. They notice when something's wrong or that something is missing. So I think that. That is a big thing, it's just remembering that, like on the days where you feel a bit like, did you even notice that I took the waitress in and that I put all the cans facing forward because I'm slightly OCD. But the the good thing is if nobody's saying anything, it's actually, you're kind of crushing it. But I think the biggest advice is just honestly, remember you can only do so much. You are just human. Give yourself grace, be patient with others because they're going to drive you insane, Um, but also with yourself.
1: Every week in the podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you my top tips for success in office management. This week's tip is about wins and successes and how important it is to share those, even if it's just with yourself. Write down what you've achieved each day or week. Keep a smile file, for example, for when you get feedback from people proactively, even if that's verbally that they del- delivered it to you and they say, oh, thanks, Hannah, for doing that for me or. You delivered really well on that project or whatever it might be that they have said to you verbally, go and write it down, send yourself an email, make a note, and put it in a smile file along with any feedback that is written down um, emailed to you or otherwise put it in there and then when you're having days when perhaps your motivation is at its lowest, it should give you inspiration and pick you back up and remind you how good you are at your job but also when it comes to doing the appraisals and I remember when I was doing mine many years ago in my office and operations and facilities management careers and coming to that end of year or that six-month period of you know PDP or appraisal or whatever it might have been called and just looking at that blank sheet of paper on my screen where it says you know what have you achieved this year what are your objectives next year and so on I'm just really struggling so when it comes to that dip into your smile file dip into what you've completed and what you've achieved and also maybe what you found a challenge as well so that you can look at that um, and develop it into an objective. But it's so important to then share that with your line manager, share that with the execs in the company. And you can do that through something like a management information pack, which shares what you've completed on, um, you know, how much work you've done in terms of quantities of people that you've onboarded, how many office moves you've done, how many desk assessments you've carried out, How many meetings went on in a particular period, like that month or that quarter in the diary to just demonstrate how much activity goes on? I used to do it as well for air conditioning complaints to demonstrate that we were bringing them down in terms of metrics because we had so many issues when I first joined a particular company. Whatever suits you, but then you can succinctly add all that information in there, savings and saving opportunities that you've made, where you might need to spend more money, challenges that you're working to overcome what's coming up next, and so on, and then give that to your line manager in a couple of pages in a PowerPoint presentation, maybe quarterly, maybe six-monthly, to demonstrate your wins, successes, challenges, requirements, and so on. And it's a really great way to deliver on that. You know, like Alison in this episode, it is really difficult sometimes, like she said, to describe and remember what you do day-to-day and what you achieve, and other people don't always recognize it. So, it is important to share your wins and successes and take that time to recognize that for yourself and tell others about it. Funny, isn't it, that last point? Because we often disseminate the information on mental health and wellbeing, and remember our EAPs in place and here's a reminder of mental health awareness week or month whatever you might be marking but how many times do you actually stop and read that information for yourself mm-hmm. and observe that it's there for you as well so it's a really really good tip on yeah successful office management but also taking care of number one so Alison where do you see yourself in your career in the next few years what is your ambition it's so impossibly
2: hard to say um I, I always I'm just the type of person that is not a forward thinker <laughs> like I don't know what I'm doing next week let alone next year half the time but I think I've gotten a great deal of confidence in this role sorry my no one can see this but my dog is being very cute right now I, we
1: have just heard a
2: lick there through the mic so uh, the listeners
1: may get that yeah okay
2: good um Sorry, completely derailed by a dog as usual. What am I, what are my goals? Um, I really, really want to basically and I can say this because I've told the CEO of the company and everyone who will listen, like my goal is to be is to have a role that doesn't currently exist in our company, which is um, head of culture. I really want to take my strengths in and my passion for people and engagement and and build that into the way we do things at tails.com Make that I mean, it is so much, there's so much already going on and I'm already kind of doing that but to really kind of create the plan and the forecast and make sure it's ingrained in every single thing we do in the company. So I see myself still at tales.com. If anyone's listening, I don't see myself leaving anytime soon. They'll have to, to tear me out and drag me by my, uh, by my hair kicking and screaming. Cause I love them so much, but, um, but yeah, I think getting into more kind of higher up strategic kind of planning that out role based based heavily around people and culture is where I see myself finding my way eventually I like
1: that again it fascinates me because there are so many avenues for people in this profession to move to you know given you have health and safety HR culture wellbeing, procurement facilities management you know to me there are so many opportunities in this role depending on the company and the size of the company and the sector and the budget and all this kind of stuff or, you know, to move on if you really have hit the ceiling with what they can offer. But I think there, you know, there is so much that you can go and specialise in if you wish to in those avenues I've just mentioned, or like COO type roles where you kind of take the step up and then you have more oversight of other other elements of the business and things. So yeah, it's really interesting. The culture one is, and I'm not surprised given our chat today either. (laughs) So to finish on, what, and I think I know where we're going to go with this one, but what is it that you love about this role?
2: Aww, everything um <laughs> i'm so mushy it's they they have not there's nobody like standing beside me the head of pr for tails.com or anything like that they just got lucky it's a great place to work and i love so much about it but as yes you won't be surprised to know it's it's the people that i work with and i shall also mention the dogs they are one of the greatest perks of <laughs> working where i do right now um it they're such a joy and it, it it's so fun to hang out with them and cuddle them and see them come into the office every day but generally the, yeah, the thing I love most is, is the people that I work with and getting to go to work and work alongside friends. Like I think I'm incredibly lucky and that's not going to be everyone's experience at every place they work. So I'm just really, really grateful um, that I work with such awesome people and I love, love going in and trying to make their day every day. It's a lot of fun.
1: Alison, thank you so much for joining us on the Office Manager Diaries. It's been such a pleasure to have you and I have really enjoyed getting to know you more and I knew you were passionate about different things and, you know, the dog culture, I think, but not to the degree in terms of the people and how very, very clearly satisfied you are at tales.com. So thank you for sharing your stories with
2: us. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really, really fun. And I can't wait to hear the other episodes and see what everyone else's experiences are like. I'm sure I will learn loads. So this has been great fun.
0: Thank you. This episode is sponsored by The Office Management Portal, our free online membership platform aimed at connecting, supporting and empowering office managers in a simple to use all in one self-service resource. You can sign up right now at www.theofficemanagementportal.com and click the sign up button in the top right. If you want to upgrade your account to our premium membership at any time for unlimited downloadable templates and monthly expert masterclasses, use the code THEOMD for 25% off. That's THEOMD for Office Manager Diaries for 25% off. Thank you for listening.